0: Hello and welcome to the Frontier Strategy Group podcast series. FSG is the leading information services partner for emerging markets executives. We partner with business leaders at over 200 multinationals by providing them with research, analytical tools, and data that helps power their emerging markets business strategies. Today's podcast will focus on our outlook for Côte d'Ivoire, also known as Ivory Coast. My name is Mark McNamee, and I'm an analyst here at FSG. And today I am joined by Alexa Lyon. Senior Analyst for Sub-Saharan Africa at FSG's London office. As a reminder to our clients, this podcast and all of FSG's content is available via our portal at portal.frontierstrategygroup.com. Alexa, welcome and thanks for joining me for this discussion.
1: Thanks, Mark. It's good to be here.
0: Great. So, Alexa, let's begin. It looks like across most of Europe, Middle East, and Africa, EMEA, We are witnessing volatile economic times with currency depreciation, government spending cuts, in some cases even very high inflation. Uh, Where does Ivory Coast fit in this picture?
1: It's a good thing you asked, Mark, because Ivory Coast is a bright spot in sub-Saharan Africa right now and really a pocket of opportunity for executives. So here at FSG, we forecast uh, Ivory Coast to be the second fastest growing economy across the continent at 7.8% year-on-year growth in 2016, placing it only behind Ethiopia. Ivory Coast is also the third-largest economy in West Africa, the eighth-largest economy in Sub-Saharan Africa as a whole, um, and above all, the the economic engine of Francophone West Africa. It's historically been a very advanced economy, um, but as I'm sure we'll discuss in a minute, it's had a very interesting past um, that has led to the country falling off the radar for multinationals, although that is changing because of a return to stability, both from a political point of view and a macroeconomic perspective.
0: Wow, a return to stability—that's not something you hear uh, in emerging markets these days. That's good news, and and to our clients, I cover Central and Eastern Europe, so. Um, very unstable markets that I'm dealing with all the time. So very interesting to hear, uh, really, in the EMEA context uh, of an attractive market like this. So this must be fairly attractive to investors. What are you seeing as far as investor interest?
1: Yeah, to your point, Mark, stability can be hard to come by in emerging markets, and it certainly was for uh, Ivory Coast for a while, Um, particularly in 2010 2011, which really stands in investors' recent memory, uh, where what happened at that time um, is really a story of contested election results, where the incumbent in 2010, Laurent Gbagbo, refused to step down from power, uh, despite elections result pointing to Alassane Ouattara being elected in power. And so as Laurent Gbagbo refused to step down, a civil uprising effectively began or was reignited. Um, where there were Bagbo supporters fighting Alassane Ouattara supporters out on the street. And the situation really only ended through French intervention, who took Bagbo out of power, instated Ouattara, and now Bagbo is being on, tried on trial at The Hague, at the International Criminal Court. And so, given the entire saga that took place after the elections in 2010, there's been a lot of uncertainty around whether Cote d'Ivoire could continue along a path of political stability because after the elections, the country has actually experienced stability, but there were new elections in October 2015. And again, a lot of investor uncertainty as to whether the past would repeat itself in October of last year. However, there were no violence, no contested election results. Alassane Ouattara won by a landslide, um, which is really a reflection of his ability to steer the economy in a good direction and, and really implement the growth that we're seeing on the So politically, there is a return to stability. Um, And then secondly, from a macroeconomic point of view, the country benefits from a very stable currency. The CFA franc is pegged to the euro. The euro is depreciating against the dollar, which means that the peg is effectively cheaper to maintain. And of most interest to investors, uh, the French treasury guarantees convertibility of the CFA franc into euros. So we're not experiencing the foreign exchange shortages in neighboring markets such as Ghana or Nigeria. Um, And as a result, there's low inflation, low interest rates, um, as well as a lot of policy certainty uh, in the market. So given the stable politics and the stable macroeconomic framework, yes, we're absolutely seeing investor interest, um, especially after the October 2015 elections. The CPC, which is the private investment agency, reported 57% year-on-year growth in investments in 2015 alone and projects a 37% year-on-year increase in 2016 in CFA franc terms. So the investor interest is there. MNCs are entering at a very rapid pace across all sectors. So we're seeing Moven Peak, Hilton uh, in the hospitality sector, Cartier in the luxury goods sector, EDF Suez in the electricity sector moving into the market today.
0: Wow, those are amazing figures. So the demand, clearly, it it sounds like it's going across all sectors then.
1: Yes, absolutely. So from a B2G perspective, the government will increase expenditure by 11.9% this year. It's in the process of digitizing all tender access. It's revamping its entire IT infrastructure and rolling out universal healthcare. care. Um, so that means that there are opportunities on the ground, but also that access to deals will become more competitive. Lead times will be shorter to access tenders, um, and the turnaround it will be much quicker. Um, so multinationals really need to develop strategies to stay ahead of these changes in government demand. From a consumer goods perspective, we're seeing modern retail expanding rather rapidly. Uh, Carrefour just opened a hypermarket in December 2015. Of another hypermarket, is on track to open this year. And so that puts significant downward pressure on prices because there's more competition in the formal retail sector. And there's also, as I mentioned, low inflation. Um, so it's important to, uh, as well, have distributors be able to generate the demand um, and really supply the formal retail sector, which is expanding. And then finally, for B2B companies, we're seeing a big focus on infrastructure spending, both from the government but also from private players. This will open up opportunities uh, for multinationals to sell those capital imports, um, but also over time to tap into Tier 2 cities for distribution beyond the economic center.
0: Okay. So let, let's stick with uh, that last point then about uh, infrastructure in particular. Can you go into a little bit more depth on what that means on the ground? Sure.
1: Um, so Côte d'Ivoire is a rather urbanized uh, country. It has one of the highest urbanization rates uh, across the continent. But the, the bulk of the opportunity is in Abidjan, which is the economic uh, center. The capital is actually Yamoussoukro in the center. Overall, multinationals should expect better electricity supply than some neighboring countries, including Nigeria, and we're also seeing rapid improvements in electricity as well. Um, We're also seeing pro-business policies and really a push for government transparency, which helped Cote d'Ivoire advance from 30th to 6th place out of 32 countries on the World Economic Forum's Global Competitiveness Index. So it's one of the most competitive markets in Sub-Saharan Africa. In no small part because of major infrastructure developments. That being said, there still are many issues on the ground. The market is predominantly informal. There are huge income gaps, spatial inequalities between the north and the south. Uh, the port is still riddled with bottlenecks. And actually, with inflation being so low, it's very difficult to compete on
0: margin. Mm, okay, inflation. The, the inflation point, I can, uh, I can, I see that every day in my markets: Poland, Hungary, Slovakia, Czech Republic. Competitions rising in these markets. You have very low prices. You had deflation last year in a lot of my markets. Um, yeah. So it's actually it, it can be somewhat of a tough environment from that point of view for a lot of multinationals since you can't really raise prices, uh, yeah. you know, on, on the markets there. Um, so I, I see that every day in my markets as well. Um, what uh, What are some of the other risks aside from sort of the, you know that difficulty in raising prices and on margins?
1: Sure. Um, so I, I want to come back to the political story because uh, assessing Côte d'Ivoire is, is, uh, can only be well-rounded if the politics are, are involved. So essentially, so, social stability right now hinges on President Alassane Ouattara's leadership and his ability to foster strong economic growth. That isn't to say that Côte d'Ivoire is teetering on the edge and that should anything happen to him, the country will fall back into a civil war. Absolutely not. But over the long term, it's unclear who could step in to take over Ouattara's place um, in his political camp. And the opposition is also quite weak. So after 2020, there could be some uncertainty from a political standpoint. And if uh, growth stumbles significantly, if unemployment doesn't go down, if uh, the past president Barbeau is... uh, is, uh, comes out guilty uh, at the ICC, then there could be political instability on the ground, but it's really something we see over the medium to long term. And then finally, the other risk is more economic in nature, and it's around the price of cocoa. So Ivory Coast is the biggest cocoa exporter in the world, um, with, the, with cocoa accounting for 28.6% of its export mix uh, domestically. So any decline in the price of cocoa could shock the economy. Or at least fuel some some tensions, but we're not seeing that right now. Predictions for cocoa are quite bullish, uh, but the political situation and the dependency on cocoa uh, could present risks over the medium term.
0: Right. Well, th- that's good. Uh, thanks for all the, you know, the political picture, the economic picture. It sounds like, you know, there's some risks here and there, but overall it paints a pretty stable picture, and uh, it's pretty encouraging for investment. It sounds like.
1: Absolutely. So with a population of 22.2 million people, Cote d'Ivoire is small, but it's growing fast. It's relatively urban, and it's an important market for multinationals to consider, especially if they try to balance their portfolio to West Africa and also to sub-Saharan Africa as a whole.
0: Very interesting. Thank you very much, Alexa, for this interesting conversation. As a reminder to our clients, you can speak with Alexa or any of the FSG analysts by simply reaching out via your client services manager. You can also access FSG's report on Ivory Coast on our portal at portal.frontierstrategygroup.com. This concludes our podcast. Until next time, we wish you great outperformance in your emerging markets, and particularly in Ivory Coast.